Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Ali. Good morning to you, Dwayne. It's a, it's a good to be back. We missed each other last week, right? You you had some stuff going on where you're enjoying time with the family and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was off. So I was off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it was a beautiful time to be off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we enjoyed the holiday. I cooked my first turkey this year. So, you did? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you, know, uh, you, know, and you know who is totally dead set against turkeys being cooked? You? No, turkeys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But me me as well as a vegan. But I I ended up at a steakhouse with the family. Like, you know, just go figure, right? The place they pick is a, is a steakhouse. Like, I was, like, bombarded with smell of seafood and steaks. And as a vegan, you have no idea how appalling that is. But as a, as a carnivore who eats meat, you know, you probably, oh, that smells delicious to me. I'm like uh, covering my nose and I'm like trying to get past it till my body gets used to it. It was a weird, weird thing. That's funny. Yeah, so So it was good. I appreciate you doing a Facebook Live uh, while I was off. Yeah, I figured, you know, listen, might as well keep everything going. I was waiting around before we went out to dinner. I thought it'd be kind of cool to to jump on and um, do one on Wednesday. And then I did a quick one on Thursday for my Thanksgiving uh, you know, what are we grateful for from my um, uh, lunchtime chat with Allie that I do every Thursday. So, uh, yeah, so today we, today our topic, which is interesting, one of our clients, our, our, you know, very faithful listeners, he had said, hey, listen, he's he um, just a preference, the mindset of what's going on. He had a, he had a school, very successful, had a partnership. It just it wasn't working out. He decided to leave that school, open up another one, had a new partner, and um you know, he moved to a different area. And believe it or not, you know, going from one area where you think that the environment is just killing it, you know, going like a one town over or or down the road, sometimes you think like, hey, I'm going to replicate, I'm going to do the same exact thing. And I'm going to be just as successful. And, and uh, I don't want to use the word lucky, but just as successful. And then things change. So he had suggested, hey, what about all those schools that listen to you guys, you and I, um, that are in the 25 student range, that maybe they're you know, they, they have a full-time job and they can't leave their job until they build their school. Or they're in they're at 50 students and they're at that sticking point, you know, where you and I know, like, you grow a little, you drop a little. You grow a little, you drop a little until you catch, right? And that's something that we should definitely discuss. And um, he said, what about those guys that are on the cusp of, like, you know, 75 and 100 students, which is a legitimate real business and income you could you could quit a high if you have a hundred students and you're doing it right with a little overhead you could quit a good high paying job you know working for whoever and just do martial arts full time so uh he said why don't you do a call on that so that's why we're here today so what what are you thinking about that like what what are your thoughts just on the very essence of the call yeah um and let me just say that uh, i i apologize somebody said they're getting feedback they're hearing uh, music i I forgot to turn my Alexa off, so hold on just a second. Alexa? Oh, I have a funny, I, I have a funny uh, story for you on that. So, so that's the music. I apologize if you were listening to uh, Mozart in the background. What, what's hey, your funny hey, story? Oh, my funny story is, you know, of course, we both have Sparks, right? Spark. And um, so I, I love – here's the thing that I love about their customer support. And, again, it's not about them. But, anyway, so I, if I can't figure something out, I can't, I'm reading it. I still don't get it. They'll make a video for me, right? So I have a client, two little kids, one, you know, one's name is Alexa, one's name is uh, Nicholas, and I'm having a problem with the statistics matching up. So they're making a video for me. So they're like, 
So, Allie, listen, Alexa's thing, and, and in the background is, uh, what can I do for you? And he's like, he's saying, finally, he's like, so, and he's going on, he's going, Alexa, stop talking, because they have an Alexa in their office. And every time he mentions my student Alexa, the thing is trying to interrupt him. It was absolutely hysterical. Everyone in the office was laughing. It's a very funny video that Alexa kept interrupting him during his video with me, and you could hear her in the background. So that's, that's my that's my funny story. It's pretty cool that Alexa was chiming <laughs> in, trying to answer his questions for him. So, maybe uh, we should just ask. Maybe I should just ask her the question here, and we could just yeah, record exactly. it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Isn't that interesting? So, so, so yeah. yeah. So what? What you know? Like, listen, you've been in business how long? Uh, twenty years. It'll be twenty-one years come February. Right, and this past November 9th, I thought it was 28 years. It's actually 27 years. I miscalculated because I opened in 1991. So I said 28 years. Someone was like, no, that doesn't make sense, and they were right. So I've been open for 27 years. I started teaching in, in a college, and then I had it in my garage three years prior to that. So technically, I've been running my, my dojo, Long Island and Hitsa Center, for over uh, 30 years, but it's 27 years in the same location. And I remember, like, the struggles I had as a new school owner. Like, I, well, first off, I should say that there were no struggles because I never had any anticipation of doing anything because I just opened my school so I could find people that I could fight with and beat up and practice on. Um, and then eventually I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. I'm able to make money at something I love and not have to be out raking leaves because I was a landscape designer, building decks and Japanese gardens and digging holes and all that. I could do this for a living. And that reality kicked in, and that's when things started to change. And it took me another two or three years before I was able to sell my business. That's why I was making a huge amount of money in landscaping. Um, and then just run my school full time. So I'm trying to go back in time to think of the things that I did. And even Master yeah. Park, when we, when, he, when we interviewed him, he said something that was very important. And he said, you just have to get out there and grind. He says, you have to put in the time. You have to do the work. And... Um, I'm not sure your opinion on this, but I find that the new generation of school owners, they're not lazy. I, I don't know. Maybe you could give me a word for what they are, but, um, but they're so caught up in social media, sitting in front of a computer, doing posts and doing videos and shooting, you know, documentaries and all this stuff. But they're not as much out there like you and I, like delivering flyers in the neighborhood or going and meeting people and doing demonstrations and all the hard work type promotional events, the grinding of it, the, the, the nuts and bolts of what makes you grow, uh, they're trying to do it all submissively, the easy way, I think. And that's okay, but it's not all you need to do. So what are your thoughts? Uh, gosh, I got a lot of thoughts. First yeah. off, um, I want to remind everybody, if you had not listened to this call that we did with Brent Tibbetts, you go, need to go to uh, schoolownertalk.com forward slash 186. Um, where it was uh, the title of it was how I quit my job and became a martial arts entrepreneur because that's right. exactly what he that's exactly what he did he went from a yeah. um, he had a full time school and then he moved to uh, a different state so obviously he didn't have that school anymore tried to and what you're talking about tried to duplicate what he did in that next location but it wasn't working um, you know and again not calling it luck but it just wasn't working and right. it took him a few years to basically get over himself in order to start uh, listening to the things that needed to actually happen in order to make it work, and now he's doing it full-time again. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the call. There's no, no point in talking about the full call on this call, but go back, schoolownertalk.com forward slash 186, and listen to that. 
the other thing that I was going to say is um, go to schoolownertalk.com, and on there we've got the um, Martial Arts Business Manifesto. And what that will help you do is to maybe see your business in a different light. Also, um, it will give you some metrics to be able to start measuring some things, one, with regards to uh, square footage, uh, two, with regards to, um, you know, what you need in order to, uh, you know, the make the money that you want to make so that you can get rid of your, your uh, current job or that type of thing. But it has some metrics in there. Uh, that and it's a it's a manifesto that you and I put together that we give out for free. So I would first say go take a look and listen to those uh, things and read those things. The other thing I was going to say is you know you talk about working the grind or being in the grind. There was a story that that I got and I don't know that it's true. It was said that it was true. Um, right when we were starting TriStar, and basically in a nutshell the story goes like this. This little kid named Teddy, he's in the fourth grade and or fifth grade, whichever it was, and he um, is a slob. He comes into, uh, uh, you know, school. He's a mess. Um, and, you know, the, the, the teacher basically, unfortunately, lied because at the beginning of the school year, she says, you know, I'm going to treat everybody the same. I'm going to love everybody, that type of thing. Well, that's not true she started treating Teddy the exact same way that she saw him. Well, hmm. lo and behold, she decided, you know what, I'm going to go back and read his records from fourth grade, third grade, second grade, that type of thing. And I forget the the actual grades. But anyhow, the, the point of the story is she goes back, she reads, and she sees that, you know, Teddy is a star student back in first grade and then second grade. and then But third grade, uh, uh, mom is sick, and you, you see his grades start to fall. And then fourth grade now – uh, mom has died and he, you know, Teddy's a mess. And then she obviously sees it. So she purposely starts to treat Teddy different. And it was about Christmas time. Uh, Teddy brings in uh, a Christmas gift and it's wrapped up in this paper bag, right? Brown paper bag. And, and uh, everybody's given their beautiful gifts to her wrapped up and she's opening them up and she saves Teddy's for last. And uh, the kids start snickering when she's opening it up. Well, she finds that there's like a rhinestone uh, uh, necklace or bracelet, I forget which one it is, um, that a lot of the rhinestones are missing. Uh, but she puts it on, oh, Teddy, thank you very much. And there's like a half bottle of perfume. And she puts the perfume on. And, of course, she's gloating to all the kids like, man, I smell really good. I look good now. And, you know, basically shut those kids up. Well, as school let out that day, Teddy walks up to her, and he's the last one to leave. And he, he said, you know, Mrs. Thompson or whatever her name was, I forget what it was, um, he, he, he tells her, he goes, uh, now, he goes, now you, you, uh, you, you look and you smell like my mom used to. Well, that was his mother's bracelet and that was her perfume. Wow. And she just broke down. She broke down and she decided over the break that I'm going to, when I come back, I'm going to treat him totally different. Right. And so she started treating him different, spending time with him. I mean, not any more time than she would spend anybody else, but she actually just saw him in a different light. Well, right. He he totally changed by the end of the year. Um, you know, the following year, she gets a note after sixth grade and says, you know, hey, Mrs. Thompson, uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, I, I did well this year. Here's my grades, and, you know, you're still my, my, my favorite teacher. And then, you know, uh, junior high, he graduates junior high, and he sends her a letter. He graduates high school, he sends her a letter. He graduates college, he sends her a letter. Well, years have gone by, and then she finally gets this next letter. And 
he graduated. I'm going to um, mess the, or I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. But he graduated medical school. Well, she's reading all this, and and at the bottom it says, you know, uh, Theodore, whatever his name is, MD. And and basically that letter was inviting her to come to uh, his wedding. He was getting married, and he wanted to. He I'm I'm gonna get ready to cry just telling it. Even yeah. if it isn't true, it's so cool. So he invites her to her wedding just to be in the place of her mom or his mom. Mm. So she goes to the wedding, and guess what she's wearing, and guess what she smells like? Right. His cologne. Right. The perfume and the bracelet, right? Exactly. So I decided, and I, I tell you this long story because here, here's my point in this. I decided, man, if I can teach like that, if I can make a difference like that in my students, I'm not going to have to advertise. I'm just not going to. Not, that's yeah. not to say that I don't do it, but my relationship with my students is going to be so good. And I will tell you that in the beginning, it was like that. It yeah. was totally like that. Um, we had growing pains. And then, you know, once we got past, uh, I would say, about 150, I started to lose it a little bit, and I put some things in place. Once we got past uh, 200, I started to lose it again, you know, that personal touch. Um, and I put another few things in place. And, and I would say, honestly, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm right there right now where I've got to figure out um, how to still keep that personal touch with, with you know, 270 students because I don't have it like I did when we were back at 200, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I, say all, I say all of that because uh, your, your personal relationship with your clients and their parents, I, I mean, I, I, these older ones that were there 15, uh, 17 years ago, I know Mrs. Jones' first name, last name. I know Dad's, Mr. Jones' first name, last name. I, I know the kids. Heck, I even knew the siblings' names, right? Yeah. Um, so important. Now it's it's different. Now, to my well, to my credit, even though it's a detriment, not all these kids have the same last names as these parents nowadays. Not that that's an excuse, but for me, it certainly makes it a little bit harder. Um, uh-huh. So I would say the 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 first first thing is, I know we're all in the business to make a difference, and and so when you're out on that floor or when you're talking to that parent or whatever it is, that customer relationship, that that relationship is huge. Um, I know Zig Ziglar tells a story about a, uh, uh, it was the guy that owns the Hilton, and uh, he was going to come into the Hilton, and everybody knew he was coming in the Hilton, but this was back in the day when there was no Internet, and they didn't, uh, they didn't know what he looked like. The workers had no idea what he looks like, but they know Mr. Right. Hilton's coming in. Well, Mr. Hilton comes in, and, you know, the manager there, uh, she's never met him. Uh, so she's treating everybody like they're gold, right? Everybody like right. They're Mr. Hilton. Well, she gets yeah. a call the next day, and Mr. Mr. Hilton says, you know, hey, look, you were so pleasant to me, blah, 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 that type of thing. The whole point of that story that Zig tells you is that uh, we should treat everybody like they're on the A-list. Yeah. So I would say that's probably number one important. That To me, that's hands down the most important piece in our relationship is all the systems, all the – social media crud and crap and good stuff or whatever that you can do is is not going to make the connection um, by knowing these people's first names, last names, their pets' names, you know, 
when they have a baby, just all of those things, when they're sick, you know, all of that. Well, you know what, let me, let's, let's definitely take what you said, because I agree with you, like 99.88%, right, on okay. everything right. you said. And there's only 2% that I don't disagree with you at all. It's just I think that there's a few little percentage points that we should clarify to make it a 100% statement that people could understand, right? So um, we definitely want to make sure that we, and you're right, though, dude, you and I both, when we first started, I could teach 20 hours in a day and, and go to sleep for two hours and be right back the next day and feel like it was like I want more, right? As we get older, and I don't mean older in age, let's just say as we, as we age, our schools age, they become where we have it for three years, four years, five years. That passion sometimes, and I was telling this to my clients uh, the other day in a call, sometimes gets muted. It doesn't go away, but it gets muted based on, and the motivation gets muted based on, you know, everyday wear and tear, um, you know, the, the headaches with realizing that it's not just teaching, it's the bills, you have to maintain students, then you get those students that you're connected to, and then they quit tomorrow with no notice. You want, like, I have a, a test on uh, the 15th of, of a, a student, and his uncle was my student when he was 13 years old. This kid, I could time my business. Like, when I heard my doorbell ring, I knew it was time for me to open up for the students because that kid would walk through the door. And he was with me for, like, six years, every day, six days a week, Not never missed a class, and then one day he missed a class, and I never saw or heard from him again. No, I'm quitting. I, I you know, I thought, like, what the heck happened? Did he? I even was worried that he got killed, but then I realized that he was okay, he just disappeared. Anyway, long story short, he's coming to the test on the 15th because he's the uncle of one of the kids who joined my school. And he was like, you're not going anywhere unless you join Long Island Ninjitsu Centers. And all these years, we haven't seen each other. So I'm going to see him on the 15th. And uh, it's going to be great. But so, so, but that's what I mean. Like, you know, teaching with passion, teaching with that, that energy, making sure the students are number one, treating them like they're, they're the president of the United States. We should be treating the president good, right? But they're treating them like they're the most important person that we, we know, right? And then making sure that we, like you said, know their names, know who they are, know why they're there, know if they're improving, know what the parents are feeling knowing the kids' names, the siblings' names, and being very personable because, listen, people don't care that you're good to everyone. They care that you're good to them and good to everyone, right? If they just feel like they're a big piece of a huge unit, that they'll feel okay. But if they feel like they're an important part of that big group and they're, they're integral in that group and, they, and you know them and you know their struggles and so on, they're going to love you forever, recommend you, and so on and so forth. So that, that's yeah, what my I, addition was. Right. No, and I don't disagree with that at all. I just do. I, I also want to clarify that because you are that personable with them and know them, doesn't mean that you don't lose. That doesn't mean that you lose the professionalism, and right. and or that you allow them to you know to walk all over you as if you were a doormat. Because Paul Paul wrote here on the Facebook Live. He says I'm having an issue with the. Uh, with parents after a while seeing me more as a friend than their their child instructor. So. And, and Paul, you're not the only one. Um, I, I'm not seen more as a friend, although uh, I do find that more and more parents are, are trying to use my first name. And right. so even, even with um, those parents nowadays, like now what happens is when I introduce myself, you know, it used to be when I introduced myself, I would say, hi, my name is, you know, uh, uh, Dwayne Brummett. 
Um, and right. uh, then they just knew the culture was Mr. Brummett. Uh, now I, I will introduce myself as, hi, my name is, uh, um, you know, my name is Mr. Brummett. Or I will introduce myself as, you know, Dwayne Brummett, and then we, we let them know that, that in here we go by Mr. and Miss, whoever you are. So right. you know, I would call you Mr. So-and-so, and you would call me Mr. Brummett. Um, and I even had some parents that I've, I've talked to that, you know, are uncomfortable with that. Not so much uh, uncomfortable with calling me Mr. Brummett, but me calling them by their last name. And I said, well, I understand that, even though I, like, I really don't understand it. But I'll just say to them, I understand, um, you know, that that makes you feel a little uncomfortable. But what we want is we want consistency here. And so if you call me Dwayne and I call you Mr. Peterson, and your kid is, is in that mix and in interaction, they're going to see that there is a difference. And it's, there should not be a difference. There should be consistency. And we want our kids, and I know you want your child to, you know, see consistency. So at least from that point, I ask you to do that. And most parents, I would say 99.9% .9 have no problem with it if I had to explain it that far. But nowadays, yeah. I mostly introduce myself as, as Mr. Brummett. Well, I, when, when people ask me my name, I say my name is Sheehan, and then I say my actual real birth name is Ali Alberigo, but people don't call me by my name. They call me by my title, and that's how we work in the martial arts. So you could call me Sheehan from now on. That's it. Like and when, they, when people will say, oh, Ryan, like my black belt instructor, and I'll go, who? They go, Ryan, the, the teacher. No, I don't know a Ryan. Oh, Renshi Ryan. Like I'll... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Renshi Ryan. Like, I kind of almost pretend like I don't know what's going on. So to answer your question, Paul, too, um, I think that you need to be real careful about um, knowing the boundaries where people get behind the friendship boundary versus the professional teacher boundary. Like, you could be their friend, but you're not going to be their best buddy. You could be their, um, you know, their friend and be friendly to them, but you're not on the same level as them when it comes to like, hey, uh, you know, your best friends and they'll start calling you Paul or start treating you differently. And by the way, you have to be really careful too with letting people in because if you let them in and you start venting to them and talking about your personal life and talking about the woes of what's going on. And, you know, a lot of instructors make this mistake. I've yelled at some of my friends where they're online, they broke up with their wives and they're throwing all sorts of, you know, they're talking about what happened and wives cheat. I'm like, dude, don't, don't show your students that, that stuff. Right, don't do right. that ever, right? Don't ever do that, you know. So anyway, um, Paul, I'd be very careful with letting them into your world because it will hurt you more so than it will help you. Um, and you can still be friendly and be that leader and be that mentor, but not be the person that people are, you know, uh, you know, thinking that they can hang out with you at the pub and have a drink. Yeah, and I'll say uh, one of the um, the two words. There, there's a lot of two words, but uh, one of the one of the two words phrases, if you will, that uh, I, I, I picked up from um, uh, Grandmaster Keith Hafner was managed disclosure. Managed disclosure. Exactly. You I have to it. manage. That's yeah, I know, right? Just two words boiled down into ethics, right? To, to me, dude, that really like hits home. Like you got to be careful, right? Yeah. So uh, if you don't understand what managed disclosure is, let us know. But it, it is. It's important to... Uh, that you manage that disclosure with with individuals yeah. and even with your staff your staff doesn't need to know everything they just shouldn't no they don't
like for example, you know, I you know, I will tell certain people in my staff certain things while others will get the skim coding of it, right? Cuz certain people have been with me like for 15 years. So like my main guy, I might say, "Hey, listen, I you know, I'm taking off tonight because I'm having this issue." Um and, but I'll never tell the rest of the team that because it's none of their business, right? Because they haven't earned that right to know me at that level, right? And and again, that managed disclosure on what you actually are sharing with people is very important. I'll give you an example. I have a, a buddy that I love to death, and he's always online, and he's always, like, talking to how annoying – I mean, he used to be worse than he is now, um, you know, and he was always talking about stuff like child support and this parent and this, mad at everybody, right? And then, you know, I, I think, honestly, it makes everyone feel – like that you're thinking that way about everyone when in reality it might be just one person who's annoying you. Um, I had that too where I would blog and I would use examples on my blog of how people acted within the school to teach how not to act. But there were more people coming to me going like, I don't feel like that you like the parents. I'm like, no, I love them. I just don't love certain situations. So I have to be really careful that I'm clear about the situation being a lesson versus me being a vent and venting. Well, and that's why, you know, like this, this is a closed group, you know. I mean, uh, not that parents couldn't listen to the podcast, but most of them don't even know that it, it exists. So, um, so yeah, let's, you know, let's move on from, uh, yeah. you know, the customer relations. I mean, I think we all know that we've got to have a good customer relations um, with individuals, um, you know. So what else? What else do you think? We well, we, we definitely move from. We def well, I'm sorry. We definitely said we have to be out there doing stuff, right? Don't wait for the stuff to come to you. Here's one thing I warn everybody about social media. You may think you have 5,000 friends on Facebook, but uh -huh. we, don't know the, we don't know the algorithm of what Facebook is actually even showing, right? So, like, I have some videos that sometimes will be viewed a thousand times while another video will get 22 views. So I wonder if, the, if Facebook is, you know, showing everybody everything you put out or do they categorize certain segments of your population? Um, there's a lot going on. So what I mean by that is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't think that just because you're doing regular posts on Facebook that the world is seeing it. All 1,400 of your followers are seeing it. And, and remember, too, that 1,400 of your followers, only maybe 100 of them may be relevant because the – 700 of them could be from Afghanistan or, or, you know, China or Ethiopia or whatever, right? So, I mean, those people are never coming to your school. So no matter how appealing your message is, if, if, if half of your audience is not seeing it, then what does it matter? So that's why I say always get out and always meet people and do the hard labor, the actual physical labor, rather than just envisioning it or talking about working out on a video, right? You know, work out, you know, do those classes, ask for those referrals, so, so here's my one thing, too, and this is you and I have been talking about this forever, and your, your, your client, Brett um, Tibbet, right, he, um, he said statistics, he, he didn't really want to think about them for a long time, right? He wasn't really, and, and he was a business owner, and, and a, you know, he knew this stuff, but um, you finally put it into uh, perspective for him and say, if you had 10 more students or 15 more students, you could literally quit your job. Like, what is it going to take? Like, for example, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you want to buy, I'm going to say something, uh, you know, exorbitant, like crazy money, a Ferrari. And let's say the Ferrari is going to cost you $1,700 a month, but it's your dream of all dreams. It's not something that you're going to give up on. 
you only need 16 students that pay you $130 a month to cover that Ferrari. It's the same philosophy that Rob Kiyosaki from Rich Dad, Poor Dad said. If you want to own an asset that doesn't make you money, like a, like a car, buy an asset that will pay for it, right? So buy a rental property that makes you $400 in profit, buy the Mercedes, right? That kind of thing. So knowing right. your numbers, knowing your numbers is the key, absolute key to knowing where you're going to be now and where you're going to be in the future. And most people, I have to tell you, and it's not an easy thing, Dwayne, you're very good at this, I, and I have to admit that sometimes it's harder for people, is to know like what your expenses are, know exactly what you're paying every day, knowing how much your payroll is, knowing like what it really takes and how much you're bringing in so that you could live your lifestyle. Some people don't even know that. So statistics are super important, especially in the early stages, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um Gosh, I, I'm just going to go back and say that there we did a we did a call this time last year actually on statistics. Uh, it was um, like I don't know this, the the four stats you need to know in order to change your business in 2018 or something like that. Right. Uh, but I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up right now so that I can give you the exact uh, uh, URL link so that if anybody wants to go straight to it, they can. Yeah, and by the way, I want everyone to know that we did not talk about the color that we are going to wear today. We're just so in sync, you and I, that we wore the same color. How cool is that, right? Um, That's Rick right. Keller, Rick Kellerman just wrote, hey, Allie, how do you feel about former students who now feel it's okay to call you Allie? So here's the thing. In my dojo, they're taught that if you respect me as your instructor, you call me Shihan, now and forever. If you leave my school and you see me four years later, I'm still Shihan to you. Um because you still respect me, even though you don't train with me, right? You know, so if I see a student, and I have to say I'm pretty much a stickler for this, and I see a student who was a good student, and they're like, hey, Allie, what's going on? I'm like, good, and I'll ignore them and walk away. Like, I won't put a lot of time into the effort because I, it really does personally bother me because in my art, if you call me by my first name, that's because you don't respect me any longer. So if you once called me Sensei, Renshi, Kiyoshi, Shihan, and now you call me Ali, you're basically clearly saying, I no longer respect you. And I've had students that know this rule do that intentionally to show me how they feel about me. So that's the tradition of the martial arts. Once you're their Sifu, Sensei, Kiyoshi, whatever, Sabanim, you're that forever. No matter what, you could have not seen them in 20 years. You don't go up and go, hey, Hank, how's it going? No, it's, hey, Sensei, how you been? Oh, my God, great to see you. Because there's still that level of respect, even though you haven't trained for years. Right? So that, so you, uh, Sifu Kellerman, and, you know, I think that um, you have to understand that that's, they, they may be telling you a message that they don't respect you, or they may be not aware of the rules. So you have to let them know. If they didn't know, you let them know. And then, and then if they don't want to appeal to, uh, uh, you know, abide by those rules, then you know what the message is they're trying to tell you, right? And I think, you know, the other thing, too, is you could always reply back, because uh, especially if they're a, a former student, you just reply back, you know, hi, Mr. So-and-so, you know, just right. uh, using the, 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 the Mr. or Miss type, uh, right. type thing with them. Uh, I did find it. The, uh, the four stats you need to know to grow your business in 2018 with, is uh, com forward slash 155. So schoolownertalk.com forward slash 155. Uh, that'll help you with your metrics uh, in order to get your numbers in line uh, to grow because uh, it's really difficult to – we're really good at lying at our, to ourselves, uh, thinking yeah. that, you know, oh, yeah, I'm doing really good. I've got this many people that have signed up, and we forget how many people are 
or leaving out the back door and that type of stuff. So, yeah. Well, what's um, that? What's that saying? What's the best way to make a liar out of a martial artist? Is to ask them how many students they have, and you know, no one's ever quit. They're all coming back. For me, if they're not active training and paying, I I take them off my list. I want to know my active numbers because my bank account tells the truth all the time. So, like, if I know that I have a hundred students at one hundred and thirty dollars, if I don't have thirteen grand at the end of the month, I'm in super trouble. I want to know what's wrong, right? So that's super. That's important to know. So stats stats are everything. Thing. And by the way, again, this is not just about the money, but you also want to know that you actually have students. You don't want to lie to yourself. They haven't been there in six months. They're still not a student. They're an old student, an ex-student, right? So you want to make yeah, sure that was, it's true. Yeah, and that moves into, uh, you know, some sort of time record, timekeeping, time card type thing that you're, you know, whether it's a digital thing that you're using or, or, or it's an actual card, but you know, making sure that the uh, the students are coming X number of times a week that they're supposed right. to. So, uh, you know, the the easiest way, I think, is to basically have your A, B, and C box on the wall and, and the cards are in there. And, and, and when they come to the A day, you know, they, they pull their time card and then you mark it and you put it in the B box. When they come to the B day, they pull their time card and you put it in the C box. So by Friday, right. anybody that's in the A box hasn't come that week Right. Uh, at all. Anybody that's in the B box has only come once, you know, that, you know, uh, and we still do that. Uh, even though, um, and this isn't a Spark commercial, but even though we have Spark and we're doing the barcodes now, um, I, I have physical time cards. And so, um, and we're still moving them from one box to the next okay. uh, type thing. So I finally did away with my cards after many, many years, and I'm just using Spark reporting um, and knowing where the people are. And, and I might eventually but I like do that. The visual. But yeah, I, I, yeah, and I like that on Friday morning I can walk in and I can see, all right, all of these and all of these need to yeah. be done. And, and, right. and, and I, I, I like that. So but yeah, that's I'm, just me. I'm in, I, you and I are addicted to statistics, and what I love about Sparks is it has a dashboard of statistics. So I'm like, uh, my fiance Nicole will be like, why are you on your phone? I'm like, oh, I'm opening up my stat page. You know, it's like, I love just, hey, this month is better than last, and, you know, we're a few dollars off. I'm going to push this or that. Um, so I had some great suggestions for them, too, and I'll tell you about that when we're offline that, that I think will motivate people like you and I. Um, but so, so another thing, so let's say we're a school and we have a small amount of students, right? And I say get to the grind. Here's just some things that I did when I was brand new. I had a small, tiny school. Most people know the story, but I would take my adult students and late, you know, older teenagers, and we would go out for a run. All right, guys, put on your shoes, sneakers. Make sure you wear sneakers this week. And then we'd go out for a run, and I'd say, here's your stack. And I'd have these very primitive flyers that I made, you know, like on a – they're terrible, by the way. If you ever look at them now, we would laugh at them. But we would, and it was like, hey, my name is Ali Alberigo. I just opened up a school in town. We're located at 278 Higby Lane. And if you're ever interested for your children on through adults, blah, blah, blah. And my, we'd run the neighborhood and my guys would be like, three ninjas there, five ninjas there. And we'd be like running, diving over shrubbery, putting stuff in their doors. And they were like my marketing team, but I turned it into a workout. Right. At the time, you know, we're talking 27 years ago, there wasn't Internet. There wasn't, you know, all of this stuff where you could just go out and market yourself on Facebook and do live videos. So it was all about getting out there. And we never and and I, I recommend this to all school owners, not just new school owners, but don't miss an opportunity. Like if you could be out doing a fair, go out and do a demonstration. If you could go and demo at, you know, a, a local charity event or you could donate to the charity event free memberships and ask them to give out your passes. 
you know, do that. Do all the things that are very inexpensive. What, what um, Michael, not Gerber, let me think of his name. But anyway, he wrote, the not the E-Myth, he wrote uh, Guerrilla Marketing. Um, I forget his name, but um, I'll look it up. But anyway, so, uh, you know, he, he talked about all the things that were very inexpensive. Like if you're a new school and you don't have the money, there's no excuse for you not to stand out front of a supermarket and hand out your flyers. It doesn't cost you anything, right? But most people won't do that. I have school owners that are literally almost out of business, and they won't do it. They, I don't know what it is. You think it's ego maybe that doesn't allow them to, or, or is it laziness? Like what is it? I don't, I'm not sure. What What is your opinion on that? Uh, you want my honest opinion? Yeah, yeah, honest opinion. Is it laziness or is it fear yeah. of rejection? Um, I would say laziness and, and or fear. Right, right. Laziness yeah, so, or and or fear. I mean, it, listen, yeah. you have, there is an audience that you know is going to be there every Sunday. Right. You hit every church parking lot and you put I'm them on the you. windows. I, I just, they're there, right? Right. Yeah, so so exactly. what, so what's the excuse like Chunk Master Park said when we interviewed him he said what's the excuse that you you know you can't say uh, I, I don't have the time or you know I don't have the energy because you need to do it there's like it's literally something that you have to do um even well, John Hackelman look John Hackelman is on the call he, this is a world renowned trainer of MMA fighters he's a great guy him and I love to debate each other by the way we're due for another debate John so we have to we have to really do one soon of why you're missing the point on kata and you just have no clue why kata is important <laughs> now i'm just antagonizing you a little but but um so so um he said pass out flyers now this is a guy who runs a a, a very huge school with world renowned people and he's like pass out flyers like why is it a new school thinks that they're beyond that or too good for that or a new school owner's not out every day like begging for people to come I would go to the mall and I'd pay for booths to be do demos and I'd be in the middle of the mall during the holiday season doing demonstrations. By the way, if I now I knew what I was doing back then, I was probably scaring more people away than, you know, we were beating the crap out of each other, throwing each other on the Kenko's tile. Um, but, um, you know, like, but now I do it differently, but I did everything. I did bus, bus signs. I did bus, you know, seats. I, I did flyers and, you know, it's just, you got to get out there. Yeah, and that's the grassroots marketing. You know, hey, why not get that book? You know, why not get the guerrilla marketing uh, yeah. uh, book and, and, and take a look at the things that are inside of there and decide, okay, this is what I can do, this is what I can do. And rather than it being overwhelming, if there are 20 things that are in that book, or let's say, better yet, there's 24 things. Let's make my math easier. Then pick two for this month and pick two for the next month and pick Absolutely. two for the following month, that type of thing, and break it down. Uh, we all know how to goal set. We just don't usually do it. Uh, we know right. how to chunk things down. We just don't normally do it. We procrastinate right. or we just hope that the, 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 the crap we're going to throw all over social media is going to stick. And, right. um, the, the other thing is, um, learning how to do direct response marketing is, I think, one of the biggest things that we have to make sure we do as, as a, as a martial arts school owner and I would say uh, educational marketing as well so that we can get our our message out to the individuals that we really want. Um, so, for instance, I'm not trying to knock any organization that gives you these things that you sign up for on a monthly basis to get, you know, the uh, the new picture of the dude or the girl or, or, or the kid 
with right. the 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 headline that says you know karate for uh, thirteen ninety nine, you know, and and it says come join our school. Is that better than nothing? Yeah, probably. But knowing how to craft a good ad with with a headline, a subhead, having um, I lost myself there. Can you? Can I, yeah, you see I, did, me again? I think we lost your video. Um, I okay. see you now, but I see okay. it on the Facebook Live. There's a black screen, but we're a little bit behind. It says the video over resume, so it's coming up. There now. we go. Yep. Okay. So, anyways, having um, you know a headline, a subhead, uh, having body copy that supports that, having um, you know an offer, having a call to action, all of those things, uh, and, and there's more to uh, an ad than that. But I would say if you're going to you know create an ad, creating a, an ad that actually works and 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 is direct response. Uh, a lot of us, I think, I think a lot of us know better. I think part of, you know, the, to, then to do the brand marketing because, right. and I think the other thing is we don't have the money. We know, well, I, I just can't put, you know, spend $200 for, for my logo to be on the, the, the baseball fence. Right. You know, you know if you are going to do that and, and you're supporting it because you're just supporting it, well, that's one thing. But, it, you know, I, I remember there was a local indoor uh, soccer place here. And uh, they wanted me to put something on there. And I said, well, that's fine. I said, but I, I want it to, you know, this is what I want. And, and basically it was uh, text, uh, what was it, text the number two F, FWS for two free weeks uh, to this specific number. That's, that's a direct response marketing ad. You know, right. what I, and, the, and the ad said, you know, like get two weeks free. Uh, just text, blah, 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 blah. And it had my logo on it. You know, I think, I think it was that basic, but that's about all I could fit on that banner. But I wasn't right. going to pay 200 bucks, 400 bucks, whatever, unless I was going to have some sort of way to track it. Right. And there was some direct response that was going to happen. So, and I think right. sometimes we've got to make sure that we, we do that. We're not just throwing out money and hoping that something comes in. It has to be uh, trackable. And again, that goes back to staff too. Yeah, and it's interesting too. Like you know, there there's some very cool, inexpensive ways to market. And I do manage. In fact, I manage some campaigns for people on Google AdWords, right? You know, so um, I have some clients that they're doing it themselves, and and I watch. Like I'm, I share their dashboard so I can see what they're doing. And I'm like, dude, you haven't, you haven't up. You're still running an ad for summer camp. Summer camp's over. It's last year's summer camp. They get so caught up in the I'm going to run it all myself mindset, and they think that they're saving money, but then in the long run, they don't update, maintain, refresh, change their ads, and they're ending up wasting money. So sometimes it's better to just know your strengths. And then if you don't have a budget, you got to do what you got to do. But if you have a little bit of a budget, Think about where you're going to put that money, the smart place you're going to put it so that it'll benefit you and split test and, and see if it works and actually track your stats so that you know that you have an ad out there. And if it doesn't work, you change it or you don't run it anymore. It's very, very well, important our, to our resources that. are Yeah, our resources are so limited as a martial arts school owner that we that should motivate us to know our metrics and track things. Right. Yeah, Sensei Hackleman just said um, he needs better ads. I, I think, though, that here's a cool thing, um, and I'm, I, rather than writing it, I'll, I'll just tell it, say it, that um, with Google AdWords, by the way, if you're doing it, now they have a metrics where you could put in five different headlines, 
five different body texts and five different pictures, and Google will split test the actual ads to come up with the best, most responsive combination of the ad. And isn't that cool? Like you would have to probably spend months to do that, but Google just keeps shooting it out there. And you don't pay for this, by the way, unless someone clicks on the ad. So Google's doing all this research and net marketing for you, and you're not even paying for it unless people click. But here's the thing. Google's not stupid. They know that they get an ad that works. People are going to be clicking like crazy, and you're going to be gobbling up your budget, and then you're going to be, you're going to be getting more, spending more money, and Google's making more money. And by the way, if people are clicking and going to my site and signing up or coming in, I'm happy too. So it's a win-win for Google and their algorithms now are getting more AI, you know, artificial intelligence. Um, you know, they're, they're starting to really figure out like how people shop and what they do. So that's a really very inexpensive way to do it, John. If you mm -hmm. wanted to listen, reach out to me. I'll, I'll help you. I'll be more than happy to help you in any way I can. Um, and, and, uh, you know, so we could come up with some cool things for your school. So, so here's the thing though. Another thing too that I recommend, I mean, I'm going to jump forward a little too is you and I have spoken, and this is like a combination of everything we've spoken about over the years, right? So we've spoken about putting your campaigns together way ahead of time. And years ago, I shared with people, and I think I shared with you, Dwayne, my entire year in, in, like, uh, in a packet. So I'm about doing it right now. Like, what am I doing to market? What am I doing for special events? What am I doing for the parents' night outs? What am I doing for referral programs? You know, and, and I'm putting it all together so I know a few months in advance that I could look, okay, what am I doing for March? What flyer should I have? What event am I going to run? I don't want to be caught behind the eight ball going, mm, I wish I, sh I did that. Or um, I only have a week left and I should have been running ads for the holidays. Like you have to have these things laid out. So now's the time. It's November, end of November. Um, do it now. By the time you're in December, you could already have January laid out. And if you're really good, you could have the whole year laid out. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing, right? So uh, planning the whole year, but, but, but the whole year is the 25,000-foot view. Um, right. You know, and then you should be, like you're saying, eight weeks ahead of time or even three months ahead of time, you should be working on that that material. So, you know, we're closing out November right now, moving in December. We really should be looking at what's happening in February, what's happening in March, that type of stuff, so that we have all of that information already ready. I've even worked with clients before that one of the things I tell them is, let's say, let's say it's back to school time, right? Let's say I pick up uh, a coaching client and it's it's August right now. Right. And they're like, it's back to school right now. What, what should I do? What should I do? And I'll say, look, we're not that we're not going to put something out, but there's a lot more that we could do, but it's too late. So right. what we're going to do is we're going to put this out really quick, and we're going to start working on your um, October. Yeah. What What's going to go on for October, Halloween, that type of thing, so that we can – uh, get that out, and really, we're still a little bit behind on that, but let's do that. Um, and you know, I have them think that I have, I have a few of them that are thinking I'm crazy. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it's too late. It's not too late to throw out this ad or that ad really quick, but but a whole campaign, it's too late. Um, yeah. So let's focus on what we're going to do here. And the other the other thing is this is off. Well, this is the same topic, but I want to maybe shift to a different thing is having some sort of um, – uh, I love your referral program. Having yeah. – and I'm not trying to tell people to go buy it, but if they want to get it, they need to get it from you. But uh, a referral program that ties into every 
single promotion that you do within your school. So right. if you're doing a back-to-school promotion, so are your, your people because they're going to benefit from that back-to-school promotion. Right. If you're doing right. a Halloween promotion, same thing. Uh, 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 karate for Christmas, the same thing. New Year's resolution, promote, whatever it is, they, they are motivated, um, if explained correctly, uh, they are motivated to, to help you with that. And, and so your, what is it called, lifetime referral program? Your referral, referral, of referral of a lifetime, yeah. Yeah, referral of a lifetime program, what's unique about it is it ties into every single, um, uh, every single event or promotion or ad that you are ever running. Uh, your clients can get on board with that and benefit from it. So yes. not just doing a, you know, not just doing a basic referral program, but a referral program that actually um, connects to everything else that you do, which, which I wish I was smart enough to break this down, <laughs> meaning how important that is. Rather than us as school owners doing one thing and then walking away and then coming back and doing another one thing and then walking away, what you've right. done is you've taken this one thing that reaches out into everything Every single time. Um, it's kind of like, you know, buying a, uh, a piece of property that, that makes you money every single month. That's what your referral of a lifetime program does is it, it, it intertwines or intersects in everything. So, not, again, not just having a referral program, but having a referral program that is intricate, that is, uh, what's the word? That just reaches out into every single thing that you do. So it multiplies. There we go. It multiplies your um, existing offers and ads that you're doing. So, you know, right now it's uh, Christmas time. And so you, 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 you've got some sort of Christmas special that's going on or what have you. And, and, and you are telling your current clients, hey, this special is going on. You know how the referral program works. If you don't, just let me remind you, but here's the flyers to hand out. Uh, here, share this website. Here, blah, 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 those type of things. And it, you now have multiplied that. You know, in the beginning, when there was no Internet, none of that stuff, what did we do? We gave, we gave you know, we had one kid in our studio. We did a buddy day. They brought in one buddy. <laughs> now we have two students. And then now those two students bring in a buddy, and now we have four students. Um, right. and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We should still continue to do that. But when you are at 25 people, right. and if you can get every single one of those, even if you only get half of them, right? Let's say you get 12.5 of them right. to turn somebody on to you. See, you know your numbers, and, and, right. and this goes back to the metrics. So now you have 12.5 people. You know, out of 12.5 people that, uh, um, you know, 90% of them show up to the, the actual um, intro, right? I think Did we I lost you again. Your, 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 I think you cut out again, Dwayne. Yeah, my Internet sucks. Um, yeah, so let's wait till you pop back up because I hear you on the, on the call that we just record, but it says live video will come up in a moment. So I think people can still hear me. Um, but here we are. You're back. So um, Okay. But anyway, so you have you have uh, you have twelve point five people that you're dealing with because they they turned on you know those twenty five people turned on twelve point five out of that ninety percent actually you know come in for the appointment right uh, from right. that ninety percent uh, eighty eighty percent 
uh, or 90% make an appointment, 80% show up. Out of that 80%, you sign 50%. Let's just say that those are your numbers. And so um, if that's the case, now you've signed up maybe four or five people. Right. I asked Paul and, if and I now you have, as well. Now you have 30 people right. to do that same thing the next time. So rather than getting 12.5, now you have 15 people that have turned people on to you. You can yeah. see how that grows exponentially as opposed to just putting the ad out there and not having your people inside uh, promoting as well. They need to, they need to promote. You, well, you need to have way, a referral of a lifetime program. Yeah, well, thank you. I actually shared that link on um, – and Paul said when you cut out, I also cut out so the screen goes black for them. So uh, okay. we're both being cut out. So um, anyway, we're back now. But with the thank you for the referral of my referral of a lifetime. I posted it up on this thing, uh, on this call, so that people could click on my product page. And I have so much stuff on my product page, Retail Wonderland, the referral of a lifetime, the student matrix, retention. Anyway, but, but most importantly, here's the one thing that I find funny. And so a school owner will say, ah, I tried that referral crap. It doesn't really work. I got only like three people, you know, the whole year I put in this effort. Okay, so let's say you charge 140 bucks a month on the low end times 12. That's $1,680 times three. That's $5,000, right? So if you ran an ad, you're rolling the dice hoping that you're going to get response. Sometimes you won't. Um, so you'll then say to yourself, well, I ran that ad, that ad didn't work. I'm not doing it ever again. That might be a way of, of understanding the metrics of, of advertising. You know, it doesn't work. You don't get a response. You try something new, but with the referral program, even if you got three people that referred you for the year, it's made you, it's netted you $5,000. And if they refer out of those three, one more person, that's another 15 or so hundred dollars, right? So we have to be really careful to throw things away. With, and, and by the way, just I, I told one of my program managers, and in fact, years ago, I fired her because of this, because I'd say, are you asking people about referrals? Yeah, I hand, she'd say, yeah, I handed them the flyer. Did you ask them about it? Oh, I told them about it. I gave them the flyer. I said, did you ask them for a referral? Well, yeah, I'm giving them that. You're not getting it, I would say to her. I'm telling you to just call people and say, do you know anybody that possibly could be interested at this time of year? Call your entire client database. I guarantee you're going to get four or five or six referrals, right? If one of those people join, boom, there you go, right? So why don't we do this and multiply that more often? And by the way, as you had said in my referral program, everything is a referral. Parents' night outs, birthday parties, you know, uh, Nerf wars, you know, your holiday party, bring a friend, bring a sibling, bring a – and then you got to be out there. And I'll, I'll dabble with this a little bit more too. Um, you got to be out there finding those people. Like you got to call them, you got to talk to them, you got to nurture that lead. You just don't hope that people are going to walk people through the door for you. You have to ask them and set it up and remind them and so on. Here's another thing with Facebook: everyone wants likes. Oh wow, I posted something of me doing a backflip. I got like four thousand likes. Oh, that's awesome. How many of them showed up? None, right? Well, why aren't you out there clicking those likes and seeing who it was? And if they're a local, because you go right to their page, they call this trolling the internet, right? Um, wow, Jessica, whatever her name is, she liked my video. I, I click on it, and she lives in Bayshore. 
hey, click on the instant message message to her and say, hey, Jessica, I noticed that you liked my video on sword techniques at my martial arts school. Are you interested in possibly having a free week at my school? Like, go to those likes and start conversations. Don't just be happy that you got likes. Likes are not going to make you a better person, right? Likes are not going to grow your business. So if they're liking things, why don't you talk to them? Start a conversation with them. Have a little chat. They might say, no, I just, I'm interested in sword. You looked a little bit like Steven Seagal there. Oh, cool. I hope you enjoyed the video. Keep on, you know, watching. But they might say, yeah, yeah, I was thinking for my kid because he runs around. He thinks he's a ninja turtle. Uh, oh, great. Well, how about you come in and try our class? But if you don't start those conversations, if you don't troll your likes, if you don't click on those likes and invite them to do something, take an action, then what the heck's the sense of it all? Right. right? Yeah, it's all for not. It's all for not. I mean, it's, it's okay to record some things and put it up there just because you want to do it. That That's one thing. But um, there are a ton of missed, missed opportunities. Now, when you're a one-person show, all of this becomes a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, to troll the Internet, like you talked about, becomes more difficult uh, to do. Uh, but your referral of a lifetime, sorry to, to advertise again, is not that hard to do when you're a one-person show because once you set the system in place, I mean, obviously, you've got to track it. You've got to follow the system. But other than that, then it's done for you. Um, I think you cut, you cut out again. Did I really? Yeah, we cut out again. So it's black. It's just me on my screen, but I don't know. Now you're back. It's coming back up. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, um, they, they can go back and listen to the recording. Yeah. So. Get, don't get frustrated now. Cut it out. <laughs> I'm not frustrated. I, yeah. I just, you know, I'm hoping. All right. You're, hope, you're back. I, Okay, I just hope that, uh, you know, what we have given today on, on just an hour on this call is at least some hope for individuals that are at 25 and they're looking to move to 30 and to 35 yeah. and that type of thing. Just, you know, know that um, one of the best ways to grow, I know this sounds um, lame, but one of the best ways to grow is to grow incrementally. Um, because, yeah. you know, if you get 50 people in and you're, if you're, if you're, um, business isn't structured and ready for that amount of people, you will end up doing yourself worse uh, than you will in the end than you will in the beginning. Um, but if you start to grow incrementally, then you'll have those incremental pains. And then once you have those pains, then you can, or, or constraints, you'll go, oh, man, this is, this is choking my business now. I need to fix this problem. Um, and you'll be able to do that incrementally. But if you do it too quickly, um, you, your business can actually be worse off in the end than it, than it would have been in the beginning. Yeah, I think the call was excellent. I think there's just so much we could talk about. And there are like a lot of little tips and bits of information that we could give, like actual things that we could share with people to do. And maybe we'll do another call on that. But I know here's the thing that I recommend. I mean, if you're looking for some really great resources, go back in the library of how many calls is this, our 198th or something? This is 193. 193. 193 episodes of you and I rambling about different things. I mean, both there's so many golden nuggets in there. And if you listen, it's an hour. You could you could do it while you said cleaning, you know, the dojo, or you know, preparing to, for the class before you come in, or driving somewhere. Um, there's a lot of really great free, might I might add, information for school owners to just listen and get some ideas. You and I have been doing this for, I mean, 193 episodes. It's nearly over two two years that we've done this. You know, more than that, right? Um, and uh, I think that people really should take advantage of what they have here and uh, and use it and share it and 
Um, and, and I hope that you ask us questions and check out my products if you're interested, just things that school owners buy. They're normally like a PDF with videos connected and things like that. You could click on the link and buy it. Very inexpensive. But if you want the referral of the lifetime or killer camps or, and you have a whole bunch of really great things too as well, Dwayne. So like so many products that you have, where do people get your stuff? Where can they click? Um, I'm not worried about my stuff. <laughs> right. Maybe we'll get back to that another time. Yeah, I got, well, we'll I, yeah, I got some stuff, but I'm, you I'm know what we should right do, Dwayne? We should take all your products, pop them up on the taking it to the next level website, and also on our school owner website, so that people can click because you have some amazing ones where you know your camps and your field trip one, and and your uh, you know the what is the one that I love the the name of the one that the, the employee matrix is it or something or uh the m the m2 management module yeah that's a phenomenal phenomenal program so um but anyway so i think we're running out of time where we've done an hour already yeah i think i think we've uh we've done well so hopefully uh everybody's picked up some information i will uh put your links uh, that we referred to in this call uh on on uh on the website so at schoolownertalk.com forward slash thank you uh one one nine three so forward slash one nine three because that's what this call is okay awesome Dwayne. well it's great seeing you i will talk to you real soon everybody have a great day i hope you enjoyed the call um i'll talk to you real soon and and by the way if you feel like listening to me more every thursday at twelve thirty eastern standard time i do this spiritual talk right on my facebook page called lunchtime chat with Allie. um it's not really political or anything like that, although I throw some information out there on, you know, mindset and happiness and enhancing your life and so on. Not business. It's just philosophy style. All right. All sounds right. good, man. All right. Great. Have a great day, everyone. Take care, Dwayne. I'll see you soon.